I ran Michigan. I don't even know what he's thinking. He's just a complete burnt out. Uh, Brady Kachunk. Thomas is my best friend. I got a lot of good looking nukes on my team. You just got nuked. I just them. I just them. We'll see. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode Anthony Duclair of Elite Sunsprain. As always, I am Fiata, and I am joined by my lovely co-host, Erickson Sperner. How is it going today? I'm doing very well. I'm doing extra well because we have a special guest today. Again, we have another <laughs> awesome guest on the episode today. Um, we are joined today by Julia. Hi. Hi, Julia. So a lot of people listening might not know who you are because you are very new to Sense Twitter. Do you want to like explain for a moment how you know us, how how this came to be? Because I am personally very excited about this episode. Yeah. Oh my God. Where to start? Um, I I'll, I'm going to dox myself actually to start. I moved to Ottawa two years ago, and um, my my brother is a Habs fan, and we started going to games together. And then I also have known Beata for some time. Um, and had been seeing Sense Twitter for like a couple years. And I don't know what happened to me, but between going to Sense Habs games and seeing Sense Twitter, it just like became a thing to the shock of everyone in my life because I come from a Leafs fan family and have never been interested, but now I'm like, like I, I miss the Sense. It's like there's a hole in my life now. That's how like bad it got. I... I have been watching this journey with so much joy because, yeah, as you said, we actually we met while studying abroad together in Ghana in 2019-20. Um, you had no interest in hockey, from what I understood. But in the space of, like, a few months, I watched you go from, like, I'm going to a hockey game and I have no idea what's going on. I'm scared they're fighting to, like, I can't watch tonight's game and I'm so sad. I hope this person scores. <laughs> literally being in class checking like refreshing the nhl app like oh my god i need to know what's happening (laughs) it's one of those things where like it's so vindicating when a friend gets into something that you're like extremely obsessed with because you're just like oh i'm not completely insane like this this does have appeal you know (laughs) Well, and it's like so much worse than that, too, because now there's people in my life with no interest in hockey, but they know the players' names and like listen to me talk about it all the time. So it's more than just me now. It's had like an impact. They're like shockwaves for it. (laughs) So basically, I think everyone in this call can agree that my Twitter account personally is growing the game. Yes. Your Twitter account has done more than, like, any concerted NHL effort. Like, they – I don't even know what they are trying, but literally all you have to do is post unhinged in, like, a positive way. Like, I mean, that's so – like, as a compliment, like, unhinged things about Sens players. (laughs) Everyone will want to care about the Sens after. It's fun, though. Like, I've mentioned on this podcast before that, like, several of my friends who don't watch hockey, like, enjoy the podcast and – at least one of my friends who like follows me 
on Twitter is now apparently constantly getting recommended sends stuff. That's why I thought it was funny when Julia said that that was happening to her because I was like, literally another one of my friends has been talking about this, that they keep getting recommended like hockey news and, and sends posts just because they follow me. Um, so, and like, I don't know. People around me now know who the players are and are like mildly interested. And I don't think they're entirely faking it, you know? Like, I think hockey has more appeal than a lot of people realize. And you know what I should say? I should confess that one of the big spiraling factors was the Sens hotness poll. I sat in a Starbucks <laughs> with my best friend and we did, we filled it out. We were Googling. I had no idea who any of them were. I knew who Tim Stutzler was because uh, the, the diving thing happened when I was going to the game. So I knew who he was and I was it. Um, and we like sat Googling these players and it was like their headshots, which are never good pictures and just ranking them in a Starbucks, these men that we've never heard of in our lives. And that like, it was a catalyst. It was. Wait, I, I think it wasn't this year. Cause I think this had happened the year prior, but imagine if they had been like the fish eye headshots of like, <laughs> you're trying to rank them. Did you ever see those, Julia? They're like, are they, sure. oh my God. They, uh, I think. Yeah, so basically they took headshots with, like, a fisheye lens for no reason. So it's, like, they were even worse than normal, like, so distorted. So I'm, like, just imagining someone trying to, like, rank the hotness of the men with, like, (laughs) literally the, like, oddest shape head ever because of the, like, fisheye lens. Um, It's good that it wasn't, though, because I feel like you got more accurate reading that way. I I hope so. It's changed a lot since then, but... Yeah, I feel like I distinctly remember us having a conversation about the hashtag bisexuals for Thomas Shabbat movement, and you thought that was funny. And then after that, you started posting like bisexuals for Thomas Shabbat because of that. He's now my favorite player. Like at the time, I was like, I don't, I don't remember what I even voted for that question. I think you voted for him just because of me. That's entirely possible. Um, I've now tried to convert bisexuals when I've been out with my friends eventually they will see the light i'm hopeful genuinely hope he like it gets back to him too that they're like thomas there's a movement you've got to hear about it (laughs) i hope so i hope so yeah i feel like it probably has but i i don't know how he feels about it like i feel like if he doesn't get the context he might feel kind of weird about it oh yeah that's true i'm just assuming that it's the thomas shabbat i've constructed in my mind who like would totally get it actually that does make me wonder julia what has it been like having these like versions of the players that exist on hockey twitter and thus in your mind and then facing the realization that these hockey players are actually not great people how, how has that impacted your view of the sense? It's awful. <laughs> I just, it's so true. You really do like separate. The, the way I talk about these men is like the way I talk about my pug. He's like eight years old and a grumpy old man. And I'm like, oh, he's just a little guy. Is he being sassy? He doesn't know what he's doing. It's not his fault. Let him live. That's how I talk about these players. They're like adult men. It's awful. But it's so funny. Like, it's so fun. My partner knows about Brady Kachuk now because of Bitegate. Like we spent like solid <laughs> twenty minutes on the couch together introducing them to this, and now every time they're like, "Oh, how's Brady?" It's so great. It's so great because it's it's them too now. I love it. You like you learned from me, and now you are just like paying this forward. You know, like you just you just keep getting more people into it because now you know what what interests people about hockey. You know, 
yeah, it's so much more fun than I thought it was. Like it's drama all the time. The um, the show that they did at the game last night with the like Grim Reaper on ice skates. Did you see that? That was insane. Oh, in Vegas. Yes. Oh my God. I, see, no one told me that was gonna happen. <laughs> see, I love this because like you've been introduced to Sense things and now you're being introduced to like wider NHL things. Like I forgot that you didn't know that Vegas is just really extra like this. I didn't know. No, they're like known for doing like really out there uh pregame ceremonies and stuff because it's vegas right like they have to do that and a lot of old hockey men really hate that so i've decided to like it i loved it they started flying i was like this i said this is camp like because it was just so (laughs) ridiculous i really enjoyed it actually i think they are definitely the most if we did like a camp ranking like vegas would definitely be first i also think they open every game with like a graphic projected on ice of like a knight stabbing the logo of the other team like of the other team which is the funniest thing ever i have to say yeah that is nuts i love it though like never change you know mm-hmm. Are you aware that a while ago, see, this is just our DM conversations continuing because so much of our DM (laughs) conversations over the last few months, or I guess last like year now, has been me just being like, did you know this? Um, Like, just just like information about like hockey. But um, are you aware that there was like an old ad for the NHL that was like, no soap operas, just hockey. And now it's become a meme where every time there's like something interesting, something like some interpersonal drama happening, we'll be like, no soap operas, just hockey. Vegas really has that energy, you know? That's too funny. No, I didn't know that. That, It's not that surprising that there was a commercial like that. I've seen the Twitter people, they're weird and should stop, but... (laughs) Oh, you've only scratched the surface with that. But yeah, so I part of the reason that I wanted you to like come on the podcast and I thought this could be like interesting is because you having gotten into the Sens like so and hockey in general so like randomly and so recently, like I guess you have an idea of like how what what appeals to people about hockey, right? Like I kind of alluded to, you know, like what draws people to hockey um because the NHL has been trying for a long time to quote-unquote grow the game um, very unsuccessfully, and they seem very resistant to like marketing hockey in any way that's like a little bit out there or like different from what they've done in the past. And yet, the online community has kind of like succeeded in growing the game to unexpected markets. Um, so what do you think, like, I guess you kind of alluded to this, but like, what do you think appeals to people about hockey? That's such a good question. And I'm being pulled in so many different directions because I think a really big part of it, honestly, is those online spaces that become like safe communities for different groups of people, like having a queer femme space online to talk about this interest that is like it's safe. I have been so fortunate with my experience on Sense Twitter to not really encounter that many. Like I can think of one time where there was like one guy in my mentions where I was like, can you not? And I just blocked him. It's not a big <laughs> deal. Um, and I really think that the kinds of spaces that people create, people like the two of you makes a difference. And I think that's so cool. And then there's also, you know, the stuff like 
what a ridiculous sport hockey is and how do you ever explain <laughs> the rules of this game to anyone else and like learning about just the random stuff that happens that makes like you can't explain it and it's so fun um yeah I think it's a, it's a combination of so many things but I do think that yeah having access to like people that were similar to me that also had this interest was like so special and made it like more fun it made it more fun it's way more fun to go on twitter during these games and like know that there's going to be all the sense twitter folks like tweeting about this game and we're all going to be seeing the same thing it feels like we're hanging out it's really nice that's so true i have a question so obviously because you already knew beata and like followed her and everything you would have seen like some of it did you have an idea of like how kind of like how vast and like how like the way that kind of like that's like our kind of side of sense twitter like operates or is it just like you saw Viata and was kind of like, hmm, okay. But then like, as soon as you got into it, you were like, whoa, I did not expect all of this. Yeah, it was more like that. I didn't really, I didn't follow super closely. I see the odd thing and then I started paying attention and then I got to know names and stuff and who was making all the fun jokes and who was doing like, fan cams and yeah, it was like a learn as I go type of. I feel like discovering the first like hockey fan cam was just like such a big moment for like me. But <laughs> also like when I saw one, I was like, oh my God, like this is a game changer. It was probably from like <laughs> Megan Defenseman. It wasn't even a sense one, mm-hmm. but I was like, oh my God, like I'm in deep now. That's so cool to like hear you guys talk about that because obviously I have been like on hockey twitter since before any of that started like that community really popped up around like 2020 and truly i think that it has made the experience so much more enjoyable because these days i look back on like how sense twitter used to be and in a lot of ways it was better because it was a smaller community and it was like they didn't have as many like trolls and stuff like it was a little bit nicer but even just looking back I'm like wow I really was hanging out with people who were like so different from me or you know um, I had to put up with a lot of stuff from people in the community that you know I would be uncomfortable with things that they tweeted but I was like oh well they're friends of mine and I have to just kind of like forget about it or something like that and I don't know it's just like it's really strange to look back on how that community was and how the person that I was when I was in that community right and how much it's changed recently it really makes a difference I think yeah I think yeah because I started because I like had kind of followed hockey before but I like and but I mostly like for the online space I only really started in 2020 and I think like a lot of people did that because like the pandemic so everyone was like uh, we may as well just like go on Twitter all the time so yeah it's interesting because it's like in my mind it's existed forever because it's like as soon as I got there it's like it already was there so it's interesting mm-hmm. that like it didn't really pop up until 2020. Yeah like I literally used to follow like I would follow back every woman who followed me and I didn't follow that many people right like it was just it was so hard to find and build community um, among like yeah, people who weren't, like, cishet white men. Um, and, yeah, like, obviously we, we managed, right? Like, obviously I found Poppy, right? Um, I did find plenty of friends, but it was always such a small community. And, like, I, I don't want to say that Sense Twitter itself was that problematic. I think Sense Twitter was actually a lot better than, like, wider the wider hockey community. But, like, I got into the online spaces on hockey through blogs. Like, I was reading Bonks Mullet and Silver 7 and stuff, and, you know, I would 
I would read through the comments on Silver 7 and there was someone straight up saying like, I don't want women in hockey spaces because hockey should be a safe space for boys to be boys, you know? And people would just kind of argue that. Or like, I would read other hockey vlogs that were supposed to be all fun and just be hit with random like misogyny and homophobia and racism um, in these like really mainstream hockey vlogs and just kind of have to like deal with it, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking like what a privilege it is to come into a space that's already been built out in that way where it just like is relatively safe since I got there, right? Like, and you can kind of, um, I don't know, like you you become a part of that space and it's already like, that's, I just think that's a really privileged position to be in and like, it's not perfect, but it is like, pretty great to have that kind of space yeah and it's funny because I had been like on book tumblr and stuff and lots of uh you know communities online communities that matched a little bit more closely the the current demographics of like our side of hockey twitter at least um and so I was used to people talking about fandoms in that way and stuff and it was really funny to see like that kind of language and that type of fandom just like overnight it really felt like it was overnight just in 2020 like suddenly you know we had that type of fandom in hockey um which was great because I kept thinking that like I enjoy hockey in a lot of the same ways that I enjoy other things and I feel like this model of community would work here um and then again like I at the time had found that hockey twitter was weirdly less toxic than the tumblr fandoms I was in and sometimes those people coming over to hockey twitter also brought a little bit of the like toxic discourse that occasionally (laughs) made things less fun but I still feel like overall it's been good I don't know yeah I think it's like so interesting because I also like was like tumblr I don't know what side of tumblr I was on it was like I was 13 so I don't remember but it's like it's so interesting to see like some of the same like discourses just like repeating themselves (laughs) like 10 years later in like full relation to like hockey players like it's just kind of (laughs) surreal to be like oh my god this was just 2013 tumblr and it's just happening again and it also works because like it always feels like the hockey world is like 10 years behind the rest of the world in terms of like social justice like every every conversation that we're having now about like you know is it kind of hard for women to write about hockey you know is it bad that all the women sports writers are white it's like we were talking about this this was like genuine discourse in 2020 or in like 2012 right or 2013 on tumblr and like in those communities we've moved way past that kind of conversation it's like that thing of like um like men or whatever like will reach like their 60s and have revelations that teenage girls were were having like like seventh grade (laughs) it's like that specifically for hockey spaces (laughs) yeah it was funny to be like involved in both at the time because obviously in like 2013 I was reading you know tumblr posts that were like this author is cancelled because this representation was slightly problematic or, you know, big call-out posts that were very accurate, right, of people being like, it's a little weird that you guys are only reading books by white authors or, you know, that male authors are taken more seriously or something. Like, it was good. Some of it was, like, good, genuine, important discourse. And then I would go over to my hockey vlogs that were, like, you know, 
is it possible for women to enjoy hockey? Let's discuss, <laughs> right? Or like, I was and like still 13. happening. I know, yeah. but not to the same extent. Like I, I was like 13 learning what misogyny was <laughs> through like hockey blogs. But yeah, Julie, oh my God, to the point of like that's still happening. I feel like like once every like three months, there will be like a tweet that goes viral, because not viral, like viral on hockey Twitter, where it just has like so many quote tweets of everyone dunking on it. That's like, um, like, why do you like more than one team? It's like, it's always that. It's always like, why do women like more than one team sometimes? Or like, just criticizing the way women engage in hockey. Yeah, it's that and you only watch them because they're hot. It's like, these are some of the foulest men I've ever seen in my life. That is not why I'm watching. I love them so much, but that's not why, you know, like. Oh my God. Like, and even if it was, who cares? Like, is it that big of a deal? It's not. And it's also funny because like, well, yeah, this is the thing is that like these days, the, one of those tweets goes like kind of viral because everyone's dunking on it. But like 10 years ago, like this would be genuine discourse. Like people, there, there was not that much pushback against it. Like I remember like the things I used to think back in those days, I became such a like pick me girl because I remember literally picking out like I would buy these sh- uh, the jerseys, right? Like shirt send shirts with a name on the back. I remember literally picking which player I wanted on the back based on how people would perceive me. I was like, I can't get Carlson because that shows that I'm a, like, you know, a bandwagon fan or like, I don't know that much about the team, but I can't pick like, you know, Kyle Terrace because everyone thinks he's hot. So I can't do that. Or like one time my first, first like jersey I bought was Peugeot. And I remember feeling so bad because one time I was like lining up for an autograph with him and I saw it was at FanFest and I saw someone tweet like, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot is really popular among teenage girls, clearly, based on the lineup for his table. And I was like, no, I don't want to be a typical teenage girl, (laughs) right? It was so weird. Like, why was I like that? But that's just what the culture was at the time. Like, it's so true, though, because, like, also, even, like, obviously, like, women do not just engage in hockey, like, with hockey because, like, the men are hot or whatever. Like, there are so many lesbian women on, like, hockey Twitter. It's, like, they don't care. But it's, like, my thing is that, like, even, like, obviously some do. And it's, like, that's still such a normal way to engage in, like, any media consumption because, like, men are always, like, okay, like, or, like, straight, straight men, air quotes, are, like, I'm not gay, (laughs) but, like, I would let, and then just, like, (laughs) we saw the comments on the hockey, on the hotness ranking. It was all straight men. (laughs) So it's so interesting that it's like that is such a normal like if you just think about it for two seconds it's like yeah that's just a normal way to like interact with things it's like yes you might find the men hot it's like they're professional athletes like probably like they're kind of hot sometimes so it's so funny that like that is like shamed it's like what it's so regular yeah like I just think if a straight man was engaging with something and noticed that they found somebody attractive it would never be shamed in that way it would that would just not be an issue it'd be like yeah of course he does yeah it's very frustrating i also remember a whole discourse everyone like comment if you remember this because this was a deep cut this was a long time ago but it's just one of those things that, like i'll bet everybody forgot but it stuck with me i remember there was some kind of i think it was a baseball blog or something that put out this guide that was all like, here's how to get your wife or girlfriend into sports. And it was like, she doesn't watch the games the same way you do. Like she, you have to focus more on the storylines and everything. She's not going to be interested in stats, stuff like that. But I remember it 
prompted like a week of discourse where every woman in sports was like, I don't care about the storylines. I watch the games the exact same way as men do. I love stats. And it was just this weird thing where it was like, suddenly it became bad to like the sport in a traditionally like feminine way, like to like it for the reasons that quote unquote, like that girls like sports. And everyone had to prove that they actually like the stats and stuff. And I went hard on that. I was like, yeah, I'm into stats. Like I, I actually enjoy the aspects of the game that men enjoy. And it was just, again, like the discourse was just at that point where it was like, you felt like you had to try so hard to prove that you were like a specific type of fan. And I love that now we've started to acknowledge that like, no, it's fun. Everybody likes storylines. Like back in those days, I was reading Fog's Mullet. I was listening to the Chet Sellers and Luke Feristi podcast. Like those were all very like storyline oriented things. But when men did it, it was fine. I just like, I couldn't enjoy sports in that way, you know? Yeah, that's so interesting because I feel like fundamentally like sports, like part of it is like that everyone must enjoy is it's like there are stories there. Like that's why everyone like every old hockey man cares about a rivalry. Like every, like, you know what I mean? It's like, I feel like that is just such a like, that's like very traditional to me like the way to engage with it of being like what are the storylines between these teams because it's like obviously even like an original six storyline will always be a thing Mm -hmm. so it's funny that like as soon as it's associated with women it's like no just kidding I only like the math aspect I only I don't watch the game I only like look at spreadsheets I actually have no emotions when my team wins. Um, That's just such a, like, it's so sad that, like, no, but truly men will try to pretend that that's how they enjoy sports. And it's, like, it's so sad that you think that that's, like, the only way to enjoy it, you know? Yeah, you know how they say patriarchy harms everybody? Like, that's just so (laughs) sad to me that that would be, first of all, the pressure on a young person like you to be, like, engaging in a way that looks right to other people because if not you will just be bombarded with misogyny that's devastating like that makes me honestly so sad but then also like it's not fun for them to have to pretend that they care about stats either they don't like come on there's so much to enjoy about the sport it doesn't just have to be you know we can admit that and for the record, if there are any like young pick bees, no, <laughs> young people listening to this who kind of relate to the things that I was talking about, who still feel like they need to um, like prove that they enjoy sports in the right way. Like, I will say that what finally snapped me out of that was realizing that it literally did not make a difference. Right. And I literally did this too. Like I started to notice that when I saw a man wearing a like baseball cap with a Sens logo on it, I thought, oh, he's a Sens fan. I should go and talk to him. And when I saw a woman wearing a whole jersey, I was like, oh, she's probably just wearing it for like, you know, because she wants to impress people or you know she's probably just a casual fan she doesn't like sports the way I do like I I literally had those biases too you know it was just so prevalent in sports and so yeah if there are any young people who relate to that just know like it it will not make a difference like stop giving a shit about that yeah I because I feel like I would wear like if I didn't know about the sense I'd still wear stuff because I just love the logo so it's like that's also a fine way like it's just like everyone engaging in sports in whatever way they choose is fine as long as they're like not being like racist misogynistic like homophobic transphobic like all the like you know all the like caveats so it's like just let everyone enjoy whatever they want to do is the moral of this segment (laughs) it's very like name three of their songs yeah it's like that's so cringe like it's so cringe to like do that 
And also, like, I know that a lot of people, probably not people listening to this podcast, so, like, why am I addressing them here? But a lot of people have been a little bit, like, put off by the behaviors of some of the, some of our side of Twitter, right? A lot of people don't agree with real person fanfic or, you know, the way that people talk about athletes. But one thing I want to point out is, like, I have noticed that the backlash to, like, young women or queer people talking about athletes in a slightly weird way is very, very intense compared to how we react to established hockey people being racist or misogynistic or homophobic or transphobic, right? And I feel like, I don't know, if you're very upset about the way that young people are acting online, just try to keep that in mind. Like, that you that I find especially like the established hockey men get so many extra chances and so much benefit of the doubt and everything and this is always how it works right like you know the people in privilege especially like white people especially white men are gonna get the benefit of the doubt every time um, they mess up and they say something offensive and then when it's marginalized people like going a little bit too far with their politics or like being a little bit weird online suddenly you know that's unforgivable and that's like something that we need to shut down right away so i just i think that that's also important to mention that's a very good point yeah because it's like so much of the time it's like you'll see like okay maybe sometimes uh, like something's a little weird online and then you look and it's like a like 16 year old and it's like this does not need to be like oh like this is the problem with hockey, blah, blah, blah. It's like, just let like teenagers be a little weird online sometimes. Like, I promise no one is getting hurt from it. Like, haven't we all been there, you know? Yeah, it's like a part of growing up. And like, I, you know, for example, like I would say personally, like I don't read real person fic and this has been a thing for a long time. Like I, and I generally think it's a little bit ethically dubious and don't really agree with that kind of stuff. Um, I don't think it's a good thing to do, but I don't post that online because like, I don't know. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Like compared to all the other issues that hockey Twitter has and that the hockey community and hockey culture have, I'm like people writing fan fiction about hockey players on locked accounts, you know, um, on AO3 so that you locked so that you have to have an AO3 account to read it. Like that is not the top of my priority list right now. And I think more people should have that attitude. Yeah. It's so funny to see like a take sometimes that's like you are the problem with hockey. It's like I promise no. Like I promise that like <laughs> like even just like looking, oh my god, for example, just like look at the Gary Bettman presser from like whatever yesterday or something. Um mm-hmm. like I promise like someone writing <laughs> uh, like RPF is not the problem with hockey. <laughs> there's so much else going on also like have you seen some of the stuff i know you have that's not a question but you know some of the (laughs) stuff that like hockey players would tweet 10 years ago like they were weird online too they were really weird (laughs) online you're not exempt (laughs) it's just that some people's weird online phase was being really offensive and some people's weird online phase was having parasocial relationships with hockey players you know i know which one i think is more serious 
<laughs> but this episode is actually kind of well-timed because um, I don't know if our listeners know this, but uh, after our last episode, we actually got our first negative review, big milestone. And it was just somebody, I'm sorry if this person is listening, like I didn't mean to call you out. I just thought it was funny, but it was somebody basically commenting, like, I don't mean to be rude or to cause offense, but this sounds like two teenage girls chatting, which we thought was really funny because is that not like the whole point of this podcast? Yeah, like I was like, oh my God, you think I'm young. Like, thank you. <laughs> like, oh my God, I'm actually mid-20s, but like <laughs> I do try to yeah, sound like a teenager like, online. <laughs> I haven't like matured at all since I was 17. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> but it's just funny because like, it's it's not that we were offended by this comment. It's like it was just funny that this person like thought that that was an offensive comment, that that was like a rude thing. And yeah, though the rest of the comment was like, I hope that future episodes will reflect like a more mature approach. And we were like, no, they won't. Like, why why would they? Right? It was just people have this idea of what hockey media is supposed to look like um, and who it should appeal to and stuff. And anytime you break out of that, they just think that that means it's bad and not like this is for other people who might maybe people who don't like hockey and are going to become hockey fans because of that because that's happening you know it's so true that like not everything has to be for for you you know like it can be for other people it's okay that that two teenage girls chatting isn't like your thing it's my thing I love (laughs) listening to your podcast are you kidding I don't listen to any other hockey podcast I'm not interested so like traditional like typical ones i should get into zoopcast the caveat i should get into zoopcast shout out to the zoopcast they're Um, great Mm -hmm. yes i and i will give that a shot i promise but um like the other stuff doesn't interest me all this is what i want like this is the kind of engagement that i want if i'm gonna listen to a hockey podcast it's it's okay if that's not what you want but it's what i want so like don't stop (laughs) thank you so much i also feel like Okay, I feel like personally, I would be so bad at it if I had to like do it <laughs> seriously. I'd be like, we have to talk about like the sense seriously and stuff. I feel like I, cause like that's okay that like that's like if that's your niche, like that's so awesome. Like you are doing something that I could never do. But it's like, I just can't do it. So it's like, I'm sorry. Like I cannot reflect a more mature approach. <laughs> It's also, like, it's really funny to me because, as I said, my, like, introduction to hockey podcasts 10 years ago was the Chat Sellers and Luke Peristi podcast. And I know Luke Peristi is listening to this. Um, shout out to that podcast. It was the best thing ever. But, like, I loved that podcast because it was supposed to be really silly and fun, right? And now the um, Welcome to Your Carlson Years, like, their podcast, that's another one to check out, even though they are not on any streaming platforms, um, which they really should be. But those types of podcasts, like, I find that more fun. We're just joking about hockey. And yet it's like, I don't know. I'm not saying that we're on the same level as those podcasts. Like, I have so much respect for them. They were great. But, like, it's really weird that I have done First as a Melnick in Life and now Elite Sun's Brain and, like, gotten so much hate for it for talking about hockey in much the same way that those other podcasts did. But, like, it's like as soon as it's women doing it, suddenly it's, it's not for you. Suddenly it's different, right? I don't know. God forbid women have fun. I need to start a, a hockey analytics podcast next. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would listen. I would. I would. Yeah, I would listen as well. But 
<laughs> but it's funny because like I also do sometimes write serious stuff on Silver 7 and like I've been a guest on podcasts where we have serious conversations and I enjoy that too but I'm like when I want to create my own podcast and just you know I can just do whatever I want what I always want to do is just make my little jokes right that was a like fun little discussion about hockey culture um really glad we got to do that it's happy to have this is what I brought you on the podcast to talk about so this is great um but anyways I had this idea for a little segment that we could do and I had this idea like 30 minutes before we started recording um but it was it was an old I had this old thing on my laptop from a segment that never happened I won't say the whole history behind it um but basically I have this sends history quiz that I wanted to have Julia and also kind of uh, Erickson's burner because she told me that she probably wouldn't know the answers to this. Um, But I wanted to have you guys do this. And it's a quiz on like fun, weird facts about the Sens and their history. And I only have a few questions, but I thought it would be fun for me, for us to do this little quiz. And those listening along can see if they remember old like Sens Twitter memes from 2013. Um, so hold on, I'm going to split screen this and I'm going to open up the quiz and there are multiple choice. We are seeing now after a whole conversation about like, we don't want to gatekeep and stuff. If you fail this, you're not a real fan. That's like what we've now decided. (laughs) Wow. Okay. (laughs) But I'm taking the quiz too. So if we failed, if, if I fail it then I've had an off day. I'm still a real fan. An off day. I'm just kidding, by the way, like that. I think everyone knows, but that's just a joke. So here's the ultimate, the ultimate elite sense brain, um, sense hockey quiz. This is the stuff you actually need to know. Uh, first question. During the 20, this is an easy one, by the way. This is the easiest one, I think. During the 2015 playoff run, which item of food did fans throw on the ice after Senators wins? Was it A, pizza, B, chicken parm, C, hamburgers, or D, hot dogs? I really liked watching both of us go, oh, this is an easy one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't see because it's audio, but like we and Julie both like nodded to each other. Like, yeah, we know this. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's an easy one. I'm like, oh my God, if I don't know it, it's so bad. It's hamburgers. I know this. Yeah. But... For the Hamburglar. For the Hamburglar. Um, and for the record, the questions were based on other bits of Sen's, or the answers, I mean, were based on other bits of Sen's lore. Pizza, never, people never threw pizza on the ice. Never threw any of those other things on the ice. But pizza is, I thought of it because the Sen's used to have a line called the pizza line. Uh, chicken parm is because there was a really famous quote from Jean-Gabriel Peugeot in 2017, where he scored four goals and said it was because he ate two chicken parms and people started eating chicken parm. And then hot dogs was just a random one. Um, so yeah, lots of lots of food related sense history here. Uh, this one I know that Erickson's burner definitely knows this one. Uh, it's another kind of it's a bit easier. Uh, the name danger flutes refers to a the sense DJ, B the sense theme song, C a former sense player, or D the sense goal song. I do know this one, so. I will let Julia do the honors, I'm guessing. It's danger oh, no. I I know about this too, and I'm really annoyed that I'm not confident in my answer because I know that I've heard this. I know I've heard about danger flutes. Is it the theme song? 
it is the theme song. Um, and that nickname was coined by the blog Welcome to Your Carlson Years a few years ago. They did a beautiful post where they did a full breakdown of the Sens theme song and at one point there was a little like flute solo and they said it's some danger flutes and it caught on and in fact recently it was really funny the sends um social media put out a video for like goth day or whatever where they had the senegoth talking and he mentioned danger flutes which was incredible because like also the senegoth was like a nickname that we had for that logo that was just like just a fan thing and so it was funny to see the official senators account like acknowledge that Next question. In 2013, Rihanna was photographed wearing a Sens jersey in LA. What fashion trend did this picture start among Sens fans? And I'm actually not going to give you the answers I had. So if you look at that picture, what fashion trend did that picture start among Sens fans? The only thing that's coming to mind is jersey and no pants. (laughs) You got it. That's what it was. Really? It was called <laughs> It was called hashtag Rihanna-ing. Um, I don't know how much it caught on. I just know that the blog Bonks Mullet was really into this. They really, really tried to make it a thing. I think there was a whole article written about how Sens fans had started Rihanna-ing. Bonks Mullet definitely has a picture of himself uh, Rihanna-ing in front of the CTC. So yeah, that was pretty fun. So yeah, if you ever feel the need to wear a Sense jersey without any pants, if you ever think that'll be a fun fashion statement, just know, like, this is a thing. You're Rihanna-ing. You're doing like Rihanna. It was also so weird, because, like, when I looked up this picture, I always assumed, like, oh, she must have been playing a show in Ottawa, because, you know, artists will, like, wear the jersey while they're in the city or whatever. No, no, she literally just wore it, like, to a nightclub in L.A. It was just a fashion statement, which, like, that's, like, what I'm saying. It's, like, Sense like, stuff is just cool. So it's, like, of course people want to wear it. It was the Heritage O, too. Yeah. yeah it was a I guess good that's one. an assumption that I'm making that, like, Rihanna isn't actually a Sense fan, which is harmful. So, like, Rihanna, I believe that you are a real Sense fan. Exactly. Rihanna, Snoop Dogg, so many, so many celebrities are Sense fans. It's the team yeah. of celebrities. It's true. Okay. Next question What commercial is so well loved by Sense fans? that they have been known to literally chant for it to be played at Sens games. Is it A, Scotiabank, B, Robillard Hearing Centers, C, Big Rig Brewery, or D, Jubilee Fine Jewelers? Oh my god, I have no idea. It's very, it's a little bit like, it's calmed down over recent years, so it's a little bit older history, but like very, very popular, famous sends commercial do you have a guess no but i'm gonna say scotiabank just because it's the only answer i remember so the answer is b robillard hearing centers unfortunately we have not heard a robillard hearing centers commercial in several years i fully like honestly believe that that's why the sends have been bad um yeah it was just a thing for many years uh they it was just julia robillard who was like this local person person um and she would appear and talk about her hearing center and they had this little jingle that was like hearing is believing.com um which just caught on and people said hearing is believing a lot and yeah julia robillard became this like really like niche but fun like figure this huge figure in the sense community uh to the point where yeah i think it was 2015 
people were at the CTC chanting something like Julia Robillard or something like that. I forget what it was, but they, they wanted Julia Robillard. Sounds icon. That's so funny. I've exactly. never heard that. Yeah, there was a whole article written about it too. It was pretty fun. Since Twitter is so powerful, like we end up in the news all the time for just like our weird jokes. It's great. So the next one is about another niche Ottawa Senators icon. This is a man by the name of Lyndon Sluage. So Lyndon Sluage attained legendary status among Sens fans for, was it A, an overtime playoff goal, B, being the best in-house DJ in Sens history, C, iconic play-by-play calls, or D, singing the anthem before home games? I have no idea. (laughs) Me neither. I'm glad it's not just me. Do you have a guess? This hurts. This hurts. Oh my god, he's so iconic. Say his name again? Lyndon Sluage. Is that his real name? Yes. Do we know if that's like a stage name? And <laughs> we can like try to associate it with like whatever one. I okay. Um I have no clue. I don't I'm glad this one is hard. I don't even remember the options. <laughs> I don't remember the options other than overtime winner and anthem singer. I want it to be anthem singer so bad, but I feel like it's not. You know what? I also want it to be that. Do you want to just go anthem singer? <laughs> Yeah, let's do it because okay. it'll be fun. Yeah, anthem singer. You're right. So Yay! he was this like. Oh, that's so amazing. <laughs> so basically, he was this like old military guy. Um, but he was just he would sing the anthems before every home game, and he was so iconic. Like it's hard to describe. You just have to look it up. Like Lyndon Sluage anthem. Um, and he was just like a staple of Sens games, and then. He was fired or something? Like, he left during the Melnick era, and it was a little bit suspicious, and we were very upset. And there was some hope that af- that post-Melnick, the sentence might bring him back, but so far that hasn't happened. Yeah, he was, he was an icon, a real icon, while he was singing. Okay, we're nearing the end. We've got two more questions left. This one is a deep cut. I don't expect either of you to know it, but it's a really funny thing that I found on Sun's Lore that I had like forgotten about, um, that I need people to know about. Uh, (laughs) In 2007, goaltender Ray Emery won $500 off Captain Daniel Alfredson after he, as in Ray Emery, was it A, ate a dead cockroach off the dressing room floor, B, bailed out Alfredson after a turnover, C, participated in a line brawl in the first round of the playoffs, or D, correctly guessed the winner of that year's Western Conference Final. That's so hard. I feel like I don't want it to be the cockroach. And I really hope I'm not saying cockroach because I just cannot fathom that being true. Um, I would really hate if that was what happened. Yeah. Um, Okay, I also feel like bailed him like out after a turnover is like I don't think he would maybe you would get five hundred dollars for that actually. But that has to happen. Alfie was so a nice often. guy. Yeah. Imagine Alfie was just giving five hundred dollars to like, <laughs> anyone <laughs> like whoever helped him out like on ice. <laughs> just like after every shift he was like, hey good job, here's five hundred dollars. I have no idea. <laughs> Unfortunately, I, I must report that it was the cockroach. No. No. <laughs> what the hell? That's so foul. Ew. Yeah. Oh my god. Very, very on brand for Ray Emery. I'm I'm 
uh, disappointed you didn't uh, guess, neither of you guessed the line brawl, because that also would have been very on brand for Ray Emery. Um, man, what a guy. <laughs> I hate that <laughs> so deeply. <laughs> Me too. I haven't recovered yet. Yeah, like, I don't even sorry. know what to say. Um, okay, the final one. This one's really fun, I think. Uh, this is stuff that everybody needs to know, in my opinion. It is... Which member of One Direction publicly cheered for the Sens during the 2017 playoffs? I know this one. I've seen this screenshot so many times. <laughs> he was posting about this? it on Snapchat. He was tweeting. He was fully into this playoff run. Wait, Ju- wait, Julia, how much do you know about like One Direction just in general? Is that like... Like a... A normal amount, I okay. think. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think if I could like think of a hint to like give it, but I think my only hint. Okay, anyone listening who knows a lot about or even knows a bit about, I don't know how much you have to know about One Direction to know this. I believe that the man also does not season his chicken. If like that helps, I don't know that <laughs> one. Like, okay, now I'm I'm fully gonna answer this based on what member of One Direction I don't think seasons their chicken. <laughs> I have a guess. But I don't think he's going to be right. I think it's Liam Payne. He does seem like a guy who doesn't season his chicken. But uh, no, actually, it was Niall. Really? Oh, that makes sense. Because he's just so happy to be there. Yeah. I believe Mm -hmm. there's like a specific like Instagram post where he was like watching the Sens on the TV and said like, let's go the Sens or something like that. That's so cute. And there was a tweet. It was something about like great, great, great game from the Twa boys. You know why I didn't guess Niall, honestly? I didn't want him to be the one that didn't season his chicken because he's like the best. Yeah. He's so good now. That one, I didn't want that to be yeah. true about this him. This has nothing to so do funny. with the sense, the chicken one, but basically there's another Instagram story of him being like, the chicken's ready for the oven and there's like nothing on it. And, it's, and there's like there's like a pile of like carrots and stuff around it, but like no seasoning or anything on the chicken. And then like the next Instagram story is like him being like, Everyone calm down, like there's seasoning on the chicken or something. Um, so that has nothing to do with the sense. That's just One Direction lore. But yeah. That's so funny. I like that we get other bits of lore on this podcast. I'm just learning like other stuff that I didn't even think I was going to learn. It's so great. Would you say that our segment on, because I know that you're a big Swifty. Would you say that our segment on uh, Taylor Swift songs that represent former senators helped you understand Sam's history? Yeah, it did. It actually really did. I love Taylor Swift and I was like oh I'm gonna start the Mika Zibanejad one I was dying I was so obsessed I can't even remember what song it was but I just remember sitting there and being like oh he should oh um come back be here yeah because it really resonated I was like yeah I do I agree I really liked that one that was my favorite and by the way, if any of our listeners want to listen to a playlist with all of those songs, I did make a playlist and link it in the description of our last episode and also on Twitter. So you can go and check that out and save it. But yeah, Niall Horan, big Ottawa Senators guy. I might try to dig up those screenshots and post them. I Nobody has ever called the Ottawa Senators the Twa Boys except for him. <laughs> and I feel like that was a missed opportunity. We should have, uh, we, we really should have like, made that a thing i feel like maybe that was um a sign that one direction fans and sens fans did not overlap that much in 2017 and that's really sad we should we should change that i agree also because there's the whole like people always talk about the like uh one direction to hockey twitter pipeline 
Um, so maybe it's all because of Niall. I believe it. Niall should buy the sense. Oh my god! Yeah, Niall, join the Sparks bid if you're listening. <laughs> we know he's listening. He's a huge sense fan. Come yeah, on. true. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of ownership, still no update on the ownership. Um, yeah. We wanted to see one of the reasons we brought Julia on the podcast because we were like, there is nothing to talk about. Like, I had to write five thoughts for Friday for Silver Seven Sense last week, and truly, I am so sorry if you read that. Like, I had nothing to talk about. It was one of the hardest times I've had, like, trying to find anything to talk about for Five Thoughts. Because I was like, there are not five things to discuss in relation to the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, I'm trying to think that it just, like, would be ownership. And that's it. And even ownership, it's like, still nothing's happening. All that's happening about ownership is people are still being extremely weird about the Sparks bit online. Yeah. <laughs> Um, a fun like kind of sense. There's a lot of there are a lot of sense connections in the Stanley Cup final because obviously we've got Colin White, Anthony Duclair, Mark Stone, Matthew Kachuk, who's Brady's brother. Um, I have a question for you guys. Do you think that Keith Kachuk is cheering for Matthew Kachuk or for Mark Stone in this Stanley Cup final? Mark Stone. <laughs> I that like narrative of just Keith Kachuk hates Matthew Kachuk. I'm just so attached to him now. It's all it took was just, oh, his dad being mean to him. I love that boy. Exactly. This is how we grow the game. Um, It's also funny because, like, I'm pretty sure that Keith Kachuk has said more nice things about Mark Stone publicly than he has Matthew Kachuk. Yeah, you know what's funny about Keith Kachuk actually is, like, obviously the way, like, the Panthers became good this season was because Keith Kachuk was like, they are bad and they are not as hardworking as the Sens. And then they became good. It's funny that he never like retracted that then. Like, it's funny that he was never like, oh, I was mistaken. They are hardworking and good. He's just at the games now having a good time. I'm like, you had nothing to do with that. He did that in spite of you, not because of you. Like, I got really Got really dramatic about it. Stolen valor. Keith Kachuk, don't go to a Panthers game again until you <laughs> apologize. Also, did you guys see the tweet that says that apparently um, Matthew Kachuk and Mark Stone are both like Brady's groomsmen for his wedding that's happening this summer, yeah. like right after the Stanley Cup final happens? It's going to be so funny. Because also, apparently, yesterday Matthew Kachuk kept trying to fight Mark Stone. <laughs> and it's like. <laughs> Oh my god, that's gonna be, I think I tweeted this, but it's like the bachelor party is gonna go crazy. You're so right. Well, because for anyone who didn't know, like, Mark Stone was like a father figure to Brady. Like, Brady lived in his house, obviously, as we know, stayed in his house, even after Mark Stone left, like, went crazy at Mark Stone's bachelor party, you know, stuff like that. And so it's like, I kind of wonder which which one is he cheering for more? Who does he care about more? I feel like if I had an if I don't have any older siblings, but if I had an older sibling who was in the Stanley Cup final and I was also an NHL player, I would be like, "Fuck you! I don't want you to win before I do." Like, if it was my younger brothers, definitely. So I'm sure all siblings are like that. Whereas, like you know, Mark Stone is nearing the end of his career. He's a father figure to Brady. Of course, Brady is going to cheer for him, right? Exactly. I think that what Brady should do is whoever loses they get to be oh should it be whoever loses or whoever wins gets to be best man I can't decide because it's like as like if it's whoever loses it's like as a consolation prize you are my best man but it's funny if it's like 
whoever wins, it's like, now you're good enough to be my best man. I feel like that's what he would do. And the yeah. version of him in my head would do that. Mm-hmm. Or also just make it Mark Stone no matter what. I don't know <laughs> if it'll be Matthew. Just say that the winner gets to be best man and then just make Josh Norris the best man after all. Like, you guys both disappointed me. Never mind. It was because of that fight. He was like, no, 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 I can't. This is too easy. <laughs> the other, like, kind of sense news that we had to talk about is that uh, the GM, Pierre Dorion, went on a nice little media tour, uh, just going on some podcasts and stuff. Don't know why he didn't hit, up, hit us up. Like, that would, we even say his name correctly. At least I yeah. do. Um, <laughs> Get my ass. <laughs> and as always, he said some weird things, but they were like different weird things from usual. Yeah. Also, wait, go, going back for two seconds of you being like, it's weird he didn't hit us up. I love the implication that, like, we don't reach out to him. Like, he'd have to be like, can I come on the pod? I'm a really big fan. Um, hey, that's what Ian Mendez did to me and Poppy. Oh my god, wait, that's so awesome. That's so lovely. Yeah, he Shout just slid into my DMs and was like, can I go on your podcast? And I was like, uh, yes, I guess. <laughs> great times that's awesome anyway yeah pierre dorian sorry for butchering your name this is why he's never coming on the podcast he said what did he say that was the weirdest okay probably the weirdest thing he said was that tim stutz that has character for a european yeah i said this a lot like i think just like in my regular life but hockey is so racist that it's like they're the only people who are still being racist against like white western europeans and it's like (laughs) That is, like, what is happening here. It's, like, he's a good character for a European. It's, like, oh, my God. You can't say that. It's, like, that thing you learn in your, like, sociology classes and stuff where it's, like, um, you know, people will, like, as soon as there are no more, like, people of color in an environment, white people will still just try to, like, make arbitrary distinctions. And so it's, like, there are tons of groups of people that, like, at one point were not considered white but now are considered white. And it was... You know, it, it, it like this the definition of whiteness changes. It's like that in hockey where they're like, we have such a like overwhelmingly white culture. We have so many white players that like we need to find a way to still discriminate against people and we're like kicking people out of the club and it's all the Europeans where it's like, mm, no, sorry. Literally, like I fully believe yeah, it's just so interesting. Anyway, that was really odd of your Dorian. And then like because wasn't it a thing, like, not that long ago where people, I think I saw someone tweet this, where it's like, not that long ago, people thought that, like, Europeans couldn't be good captains of NHL teams. And it's like, what the hell? I literally remember this back in 2007, is that people were saying that you couldn't win the cup with a European captain, with Daniel Alfredson. And then, like, literally in 2011, my mom's a big Canucks fan, and my grandfather was saying that the Canucks would not win because you can't win the cup with a Swedish star. Like, it was, it was literally like that. Ridiculous. Oh my god. It's so weird. It explains the Brandstrom hate, in my opinion. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. People hate him because he has he's oppressed on the basis of being short and Swedish, and it's honestly very, very sad. <laughs> and that also explains all the diving allegations against Tim Stritzla, where people are discriminating against him for being exactly. European. Um, I'm trying to think, did Pierre Dorian say anything? I know he said other stuff. He was like, um, oh, one like revelation was that like he wanted to re-sign Mark Stone, but like Melnick mm-hmm. said no, which is like, 
That's, like, good, I guess, that, like, we know that. It's funny because he, like, we all kind of knew that that was the case, but he then, after trading Mark Stone, got up in front of the media and said, this is my proudest day as GM. So that was a little funny. You know what I will say is that, like, he, like, if I was, okay, disregarding anyone who was, like, traded away, if I was the person that brought Eric Grinstrom to Ottawa, I'd be, like, uh, this is the proudest day of, like, this is my proudest day of GM. Very good, yeah. So, like, he was real for that, actually. He's just the original Brandstrom stan. <laughs> He's such a, like, weird uncle figure. Yeah. That's, like, the perfect way to describe it. <laughs> exactly. But then what's funny is that he always says such weird things and, you know, is such a goofy guy. Such a, you know, always serving jolly girl core, as I've said before on this podcast. Um... And then he goes on, it was the Cam and Strick podcast, where he was like, uh, what was it? Oh, yeah, I was so mad at Brady for cheering for his brother and for singing karaoke. And it's like, do you not understand that this is the whole, like, vibes of the Ottawa Senators? Yeah, like, that's so, that's like your, like, weird, boring uncle. Like, he's not even a weird, fun uncle. (laughs) I just like he's so goofy and then that was the thing he chose to be serious about and I was really confused it's like he's always like giggling and like doing like like he's the man that brought us like I wish I could like uh, adopt Tyler Clevin like it's like and now this is where you draw the line like this is the culture you've created of just like goofy guys it's not like their fault yeah and then the like another hilarious thing he said was that he was talking um to the like Blue Jays GM or something at one point and then the Blue Jays GM was like oh you're the team with the Uber video which is the funniest thing ever (laughs) what do you even say to that just like yeah I don't know but it's like I feel like that accurately describes like just what it was like to like be like a set like related to the sends in any like capacity it's just like people were just like yeah the uber video huh i i I think that to this day if you go into youtube and you type ottawa senators the first like suggestion that comes up is ottawa senators uber video (laughs) that's amazing i did not know it was that big of a thing like that um quote with the blue chase gm was like my moment of realizing how actually significant that was yeah, because I think I listened to the clip of like him talking about it. He was like, yeah, like I think for a lot of major like sports teams, like that was like they they paid attention to that because it's like, I guess the idea is like you don't want that to happen to you. And it's like as if that would happen to any team that's not the Sens. Like, nice try. Like the Sens are uniquely <laughs> cursed in a way where like only they could have had an Uber video moment. What a time. What a moment for the culture. Okay, is that is that all there was to discuss? I guess there was Alex Dabrinkit stuff. Oh yeah, Alex Dabrinkit stuff. What even was that? What did he say about Alex Dabrinkit? I don't know. He just said that he wanted to resign him, but like we'll see. So Alex Dabrinkit, please resign. I still I still believe that Alex Dabrinkit will stay. I want him to stay so bad. My favorite thing that happens sometimes on Twitter is it's like, uh, I think Alex Dabrinkit posted like a. Uh, a picture on Instagram of like his son's first birthday or something and all the comments mm-hmm. were like sense players being like congrats like blah, blah, blah like happy birthday but then um like people like use that as evidence to be like he's not leaving and it's like 
that's hilarious. Teammates like him, so he has to stay. Yeah, his teammates are like being nice to his baby. So obviously, there's this is like nowhere else in the world. I I kind of see it as like his teammates are being a little too enthusiastic because they really want him to stay. Like it's so cute. His teammates just love him so much. They don't want to like go. But I I'm worried that. Alex DeBrinket is like put off by how intense and weird his teammates are being like all the meowing and stuff it's just it's a bit too much especially it was especially funny that like a lot of those teammates are the same teammates who did not comment on Thomas Shabbat's engagement um, but they were like all about this baby's birthday but I think the thing about the Thomas Shabbat engagement though is they were like pissed he was off the market so they were like I'm not congratulating So anyways, I think that was all that we had to discuss. Um, This was a very fun episode. Very glad we did it. Um, Thought we had some fun discussion topics. Um, So Julia, where can people find you online? And should they follow you? Are they allowed to? (laughs) What's going on? They're allowed to. Yeah, that look of horror in my eyes was me not knowing my Twitter handle. (laughs) And going, oh, I meant to change that to something that I could remember. Um, yeah, people can follow me. It is like my whole name, though. Um, is that fine? I mean, that's all it up to you. It is my name. It is Julia Mason with like, how many ends is that? Four ends for no reason. No, no, no. The, the four ends is the correct spelling, to be clear. Yeah, if, if yeah. you're trying yes. to find Julia in your life, it's with four ends. Like, that's the spelling. And that is also how you have to say it. Yeah. Yeah, and you have to say it Mason. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Um, anyways, we will also link that in the description of the episode and stuff. Um, so thank you so much for being here. It was really fun. Thanks for having me. As always, you can find... Uh, the two of us at Elite Sense Brain on Twitter. Um, I'm also at CBiata E. I am at Erickson's Burner. And uh, you can also read my writing and um, comments on the episodes and stuff at silver7sense.com. Make sure to check out that website because we do have some big announcements coming on Monday. So maybe after this episode is out, maybe before that, I don't know. Uh, yeah, go Sense Go. Yeah, go Sense Go. Okay. Bye. <laughs> Bye.